and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Draft day edition of The Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Draft uh, starts in about 55 minutes, but let's... uh, Let's talk to Locke, shall we, David? Let's get out to the zone phone. Uh, his weekly conversation, of course, brought to you by our friends at the Murdoch Auto Group. He's the radio voice of the Utah Jazz, our good friend David Locke. What's going on, David? It's draft day. It's almost Christmas, but it actually is almost Christmas. That's what's so weird about it. It is weird. And uh, <laughs> I assume you're like me, David, or you you love this stuff. You love the NBA offseason, draft day. I mean, this is one of my, my favorite days of sports radio. So I don't know if you know this, but... Um, my college roommate and I, uh, he actually turned out to be really successful. Uh, and then there was me, but, um, I don't have an Emmy. He has an Emmy. Um, so he was an NFL draft guru and I was love the NBA. So in college, my senior year in college, I wrote an NBA draft book, advertised it in the sporting news and sold copies and he wrote an NFL draft book under the same name of our supposed company and advertised and sold and sold, sold, sold them. Um, I, I thought it was 92, but it has to be 93 because Sean Bradley was on the cover. Um, and, uh, I wasn't good. I really, really thought Adonis Jordan out of Kansas would be good. He played about 10 games in the NBA. So, um, but that is how my, my first work in sports media and then I would really use it like when I, I drove across country trying to get a job. And so I would come into every office and be like, Oh, here's my, you know, here's my uh, draft book that I write, you know, and did that. So I got some radio appearances kind of, that was when sports talk radio was starting across the country as a draft guru at 22 years old. I'm not sure I was quite that worthy of guru status, but it was fun. So, David, what do you think of uh, the Jazz's uh, switch from 23 to 27 and 38? So I really want, I was hoping the Jazz could get into the second round in this draft. I had, you know, said that to a few people because I thought that this draft was uh, has a particularly long tail to it. Um, I don't think there's a huge difference between Josh Green and Emmanuel Quickly. And there's probably some, you know, there's a difference, but it doesn't seem to be monumental to me. Um, and so I was really hoping that the Jazz could get into the second round. Um, so to be able to do that, moving back three picks, and I'm uh, going to, you know, they're not, they didn't have their, clearly didn't have their heart set on one player who was going to be, you know, guaranteed to be at 23. I'm assuming if they have their heart set on one player, it's someone they know is going to be at 27 as well. Um, and if they have their, you know, three or four players who they think are equally as, uh, appealing, then that's a really smart trade. There's a financial aspect to it as well um, that is kind of um, interesting. It gives the Jazz just enough room under the luxury tax in case they want to make some other moves, um, depending on what Clarkson costs. There's there's some things the Jazz could do, or if they lose Clarkson, there's some things the Jazz could do. So there's a, there is a money savings to this. 
David, let Lock- me rephrase. Let me rephrase that last sentence. There's a money maneuverability to this. I don't think it's a case where they're going to not spend money. I think they'll spend the same money that they would have spent. Um, otherwise, they just are going to be able to use. They have some flexibility now that they didn't have prior. David Locke with us, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I, I have a theory to throw at you, David, about the overall NBA and what we're going to see tonight. I, I kind of think that we're going to see a lot of moves tonight because this is kind of the only way teams that don't have salary or don't have uh, or are over the salary cap can make themselves better. And there are only four teams that have room under the salary cap, so that's pretty much everybody. So if you're you know, a team looking to take the next step into contention, tonight's really the best opportunity to get better. What do you think? Well, it's well thought out. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. So cap space, Atlanta, well, even more than that, the teams that have cap space are New York, Miami, Charlotte, Atlanta. Is that right? Yeah, Am I, I missing so. somebody? Uh, well, Miami doesn't want to use it. Um, they might now, but they really originally weren't going to use it because of uh, they were waiting for Giannis. Um, I'm not sure New York is trying to fill it. I think New York actually is trying to build a foundation of a, of a you know, and then strike when they need to. So you really have Charlotte who has it, and they seem to be pretty deep in on the Russell Westbrook trade. Um, and you have Atlanta who's playing along with Danilo Gallinari and Rajon Rondo and maybe Gordon Hayward, depending on what's going on with all that. Um, so there does not seem to be a lot of players um, in in the free agent game, and there aren't a lot of players actually for either, right? So there aren't a lot of teams that are playing, and there aren't a lot of players. So you're absolutely right, Jake. This is this is the night where you change your roster. So I'm going to ask you the impossible question, which I ask you every week, David, because I think so. Yeah, you have said this to me too many times recently. I, I, I'm going to begin to I, think you don't like me like PK. Uh, no, 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 not at all. But let me just say it this way. Oh, so way. you're saying PK does hate me. Oh, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> you boxed me in on that one, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. uh, what can what can fans expect from the 27th and 38th pick? I mean, the Jazz are in a situation where they need to get better in order to accomplish their goals in the West. It's crowded. What can 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 they expect advancement through this draft, or is this just another hurry up and and be patient situation? Yeah, I mean, I don't. It really depends who you draft. So if you draft Desmond Bain, who's a 22 year old guard out of TCU, like he better come in and play 14, 15 minutes a night because if he doesn't, he's never going to. Like, there's not a developmental curve that's likely for a 22 or 23 year old player. If they don't play, if you draft Josh Green and he's a little slow to pick up the game at 19, that's a little surprising because he's a pretty good athlete. I don't think he'll be at 27. If you draft Jaden McDaniels and he gives you 15 minutes a night, that's actually surprising because he's so young and so raw that I I don't expect him to contribute. Um, You know, if you draft Cassius Winston, who's a Michigan State point guard who um, did physically test about as badly as anybody ever in the history of the Combine, so I don't know that we would draft him. But he has a lot of other aspects of his game that are fine. Um, But if you draft him, he's a 22-year-old point guard who played four years at Michigan State. He better be ready to go. Like, if he's not ready to go, like, that's a problem. Um, You know, there isn't a huge development on the older players um, you know, I think Mione better, you know, he, he had now there are some circumstances like the jazz last year drafted these interesting players that had been at kind of mid-level schools. So what was it? Um, Hofstra, Yale college of Charleston were the three draft picks. That's a little different. You're now 
there, there's a big jump in, and you have to maybe adjust your. And they were all the number one options and going to be the number, you know, seven option on the team at best. So they really had an evolution they had to go through to narrow their game from what it was. And so you do need the G League and things. But if you're Cassius Winston, you're you're projected to be a backup point guard. You better be ready to be a backup point guard. Um, so it depends a little bit on who you're drafting and and what. Um, Role like I kind of have attached myself to this kid out of Mississippi State, who just is an unbelievable physical athlete and body, and I just believe in that. Like I just believe this is an athletic game, and you, if you, when you're athletically inferior, it's really hard. And this kid's athletically superior, but he he's not very good, so he would have to, you know, he'd have to really evolve into a better basketball player than the one I watch. He also might not be very good because he played in a system that was pretty hard for him to do anything. And he he I watched five games now i've never ever seen him get the ball with an advantage unless it was in the open court and he's pretty awesome but he like otherwise he never has the ball with an advantage sam presti and his wizardry uh, wizardry continues on as he uh, traded chris paul obviously and then today we find out that he's going to eat al horford's contract at least for now but uh, so far david and this just blew me away the oklahoma city thunder currently own 20 first round draft picks in the next six hmm. nba drafts what do you think about what he's pulling off it's really interesting, but I also don't know what you do with 20 first-round draft picks in the next – I mean, I guess you're going to end up seeing him package multiples together. I mean, it's, it'll be interesting to see the – you know, the Boston Celtics have, what, three or four, three picks in this first round, and let's see if they're able to move up and get it into one. Like, this is the – they don't want three new players. Um, and, you know, there is a little bit of a problem that if you go draft – 20 players in six years, one, you don't have many roster spots, but two, a lot of them are coming to be paid at the same time. So, you you know, in reality of that, if you're drafting 20 players over six years, you you really are probably looking for two stars and two, two or three or four rotation players, and the rest of them you're not doing anything with. So you're really just adding assets that you're going to trade for the future. David, is there an athlete or a couple of athletes that really intrigue you in this draft? Not for the Jazz, I just mean overall. Um, great question. So this kid Robert Woodard is is to me is an incredible athlete, uh, Mississippi State. Um, the big kid out of Kansas is like seven feet tall with a forty-one inch vertical jump. Like I've never seen anything like it. So that's like interesting. Like I don't know. Um, I don't actually like. I don't know if you need that when you're seven feet tall. It's really kind of crazy. Um, so I don't actually know how it parlays to basketball, but it's interesting. Um, Taylor Bay out of Colorado shattered the vertical jump record um, at the combine. I think he so he's a, a pretty good athlete. Older player as a junior at Colorado this year. Um, you know, it's interesting on the top half of this draft. Denny Avida out of Israel is not a very good athlete Tyrese Halliburton's not an elite athlete at Iowa State uh oh my gosh uh Isaac uh Okoro is is uh like ridiculous athlete like ri- ridiculous but like so is Michael Kidd Gilchrist um I think he's better than that um but there is parts of his game that concern me that he's Michael Kidd Gilchrist um which didn't work out so well um that's probably it um, trying to think of uh, the kid Isaiah Stewart out of Washington. I don't know if he's an elite athlete, but he probably plays harder than anybody I watched in the draft. Hmm. David, uh, not sure uh, you know how many people inside the organization you've been talking to. I imagine a few. How is this process? Uh, yeah, we're, we're closer to zero than a few. Oh, really? I was going <laughs> to yeah. ask you how how you thought this process was going was going without Walt Perrin. I mean, it's the first draft he will not be involved in for the Jazz you in know, how long? 
so Walt's incredible. Um, and he's really, really talented. And, you know, anytime you lose talent on any level, it's hard, right? I mean, that's a, but Dennis Lindsay's built a collective body in that building that has, you know, David Morway's got 20 plus years of NBA experience. Um, Justin Zanuck is, you know, got multiple years of experience, both as an agent in the front office. Um, he's got a young Dave Fredman's been around forever. Does a lot of pro scouting, but probably picked up. You know, they've had enough time. Everybody's done college. Uh, Richard Smith is their international scout. Been with the organization forever. Um, so there's there's a lot of there's a lot of depth in that building. That certainly losing Walt is a is a important one in his relationship with agents and probably his back ability on background and some things like that. Whereas you know, just being in a league that long's elite, um, and he's you know. They're probably missing Walt more just because of the person of who he is and how awesome he is to be around. Um, but, you know, there's a bunch of kids from Bart Taylor, who is the um, – he's not a kid, but Bart Taylor, who's the general manager of the Stars and was the general manager of the year, um, is pretty talented, up-and-coming uh, front office person. So th- there's there's a lot of talent in that room. There, You know, I, I don't worry – you know, this is one where I'd say, like, if the Jazz threw a curveball tonight, I just would say, okay. Like, you know, there, I think there's enough background that, of understanding of how you're evaluating talent and what you're doing um, in this front office that I have a lot of faith whatever shows up tonight, whether it's whether it's what was expected or what was different, um, is going to be something that was well-researched and is probably a pretty good move. David, back in the day, uh, there were strong personalities in the Jazz, but they did things, it seemed, by committee. Does this group work that same way, or does Dennis Lindsay sit back and say, okay, give me your feedback, and I'll make the decision? So, uh, you know, everything I've heard about Dennis is that he's very, very much so a collective um, set of personality, you know, of, of voices in a room and, and building that together Um that you know, that's him, and that you know he's known for, you know, the guy in the back of the room who you might not expect, and he suddenly says, you know, hey Andrew, what's your take on this? And you know, Andrew's sitting back there, not really expecting that he would be the one called on at that moment, and letting him have his voice in the room. Um, so you know, he's really Dennis is known for that collective decision making group uh, moments, and I mean, in theory. Dennis or Justin, whomever's running the show at some point has to be the one that, you know, puts down and makes the move. Um, so there's got to be some level of that. But from all my understandings, it's a very, very uh, joint collective, you know, wisdom of crowds approach. All right, David, a little game here. I want to throw some names of players at you, and you just tell me what team they're going to be playing for next year, all right? Oh, geez, I don't, I don't know if I can do that. All right. Uh, Gordon yeah. Hayward. Um, Indiana. For Miles Turner, but they got to move Victor Oladipo first. Ooh, I like that. Victor Oladipo. Hmm. How many years does he have left on his deal? Just one? Uh, Hang on. Maybe Miami. Ooh, that would be an interesting fit. All right, James Harden. Philadelphia. Not Brooklyn. Okay. All right. Uh, Russell Westbrook. Charlotte. Charlotte. Okay. Tim, you got one? Tim, uh, 
Oh, Oladipo only has one year left. By the way, Tim Lacombe going to join us coming up in the. He's going to help. Very me. good. He's going to uh, help me anchor our draft coverage today. I got one for you, David Jordan Clarkson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Andrew Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins. Does he go tonight? I think he does. In fact, let me ask you about that. What are the odds? Well, that the Clay Thompson, the Clay Thompson story is crazy. Yes. Do you see is. this? Yeah, it's yeah. it's not. Clay Thompson got hurt, so yeah. like, do they suddenly draft Anthony Edwards because they might need him? Mm. That's a great question. Wow. You know, or Andrew Wiggins. The other question I would have on Andrew Wiggins is: Everyone in the league has always wondered whether Andrew Wiggins would ever put it together. Is there any reason why the Warriors think that he will put it together with them? Um, there's a player in this draft that reminds me of Andrew Wiggins. Oh, it's probably Anthony Edwards. Um, <laughs> um, you know, just you wonder on that. Um, I, I don't know, honestly. So, max contract, it's got to move. Warriors would want some. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know on, on Andrew Wiggins. David, I asked you earlier about the uh, athleticism in the draft. If I were to ask you who will end up being the best player in this draft, say, two, three years from now, who would you guess? You know, so I really – that's a great question because, um, you know, there every draft analysis you've read, and I honestly haven't watched the top ten guys a great deal, but, you know, listening to podcasts, our Locked on Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd did just an incredible job, and then Chad Ford, been, Big Board's been terrific. Um, you know, everyone's take is that there's no Tier A and there's no Tier B player, really. So if that's true, that there's no Tier A and there's no Tier then then – uh, the best players might be a Tyrese Halliburton or a Devin Vassell, or I think that's how you pronounce it, out of Florida State because, like, he's long and he's a good shooter, and, like, he's going to be a 3 and D, really solid 3 and D guy. Might be a little better than Mikel Bridges, but in that kind of ilk of things, um, I think that Tyrese uh, Halliburton is going to be, depending on where he goes, is going to be pretty good, um, you know, on either side of um, – of either the point guard or the shooting guard, so I think he, I think he'll be probably pretty good. And I actually think you might know that they're going to be solid. Like if I had to make a bet, right? So I'm putting money down on like who's got the biggest win share at the end of their career. Like I'm not so sure, certain on Ball, Wiseman, or Edwards at all. Like they have the biggest upside. But like if I had, I'm more the type who's going to make the bet. Like that tells me like, okay, I know he's going to be here, and I think the chances that Halliburton or or Vassell or I'm trying to think of who else, I'm mixing some other player in that group, are going to be, you know, B-plus, and I think there's a chance that all three of those other guys might not be B-plus. Now, there's also, those are the guys that could be A's, and these other guys could never be better than a B-plus. The one name I'm going to throw out there on this that um, I actually have only watched a little, and everybody who has watched him a lot loves him, is Michigan State big man Xavier Tillman, um, is... One who, talking to some people in the NBA, they all liked him and thought he'd have a really solid NBA career. And then all of our draft guys on the Locked On Podcast Network um, felt the same way. I actually asked in our mock draft, I asked our three experts we had to give me a player who they thought would not ever be an all-star but spend 10 years in the career. I call it the Nick Collison-Luke Rittenauer draft because that's what the, the Sonics got both of them one year. And that was their answer was Xavier Tillman. Um, a Kongu out of USC might be my other one 
Gordon, uh, I, that I would probably mention. He just plays with a zest and a bounce, and he seems to match where the league is today. Um, and I think has a little bit more skill. Um, so I, I might put a congu of like the top picks, and then I would probably maybe go Halliburton. Uh, and I, I apologize, Devin, I think I, I'm getting confused. It's either Vassal or Vassell. I'm not sure which. Um, out of Florida State would be the three kind of top 10, 15 play, players that I think I'm pretty comfortable are going to be B players, and I just don't know who else is going to be a B player. I think there's a chance that Okoro doesn't pan out. I think there's a chance Sadiq Bay looks very mundane when he gets into the league. I think there's a chance that Wiseman just doesn't have it, that Edwards doesn't feel it, that, you know, Falls probably – going to be fine um, but maybe you know he can't shoot like he shot like 24 percent in australia last year that's pretty concerning to me in a shooter's league so um i'm trying to think i don't know enough about killian hayes to be honest with you the kid out of france um though i'm nervous he has no right hand from everything i've heard and um sounds a lot like emmanuel moutier but people say he's different um so and uh oh, oh oh sorry i'm just Sorry, I'm totally rambling. It wasn't right for me. I like Kira Lewis Jr. out of Alabama. I know exactly who he's going to be. He's going to be a six-three point guard who comes downhill on a pick and roll, and that's what this league does. He'll be good. Uh, by the way, quick breaking news, and, we, and we've got to go, David. But um, uh, Sacramento Kings forward, according to Woj, uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich plans to enter restricted free agency on Friday. Oh so, my God! So much for that trade. I guess you should probably ask the player before doing. I mean, Friday this trade. is a colossal. Wow. This is the Brooks Brooks. Like, I was, like, joking on Twitter. Like, did they think they had traded for Boyan and they had the years left on his contract? Like, <laughs> well, it could, uh, like you know, it you could know only the, happen You know the Kings. story about, like, the Dylan Brooks? Yeah. Mark, yes. With Memphis. Right? Like, yeah. it's kind of yeah. like, I mean, that is colossally bad. Yeah, that's terrible. Yeah. Yep. Same like, with Miami's not, I'll tell you what, after that one, Miami's not spending money in free agency. I'll tell you that. Hmm. David, thank you very much as always. Enjoy the draft tonight. See ya. See you, buddy. That's our friend David Locke, uh, radio voice of the Utah Jazz. All right, we'll have more coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.